Hello and welcome to Test Kitchen Troubleshooting. I'm recipe developer Liberty Mendez from BBC Good Food and each week I'll be joined with a member of the Good Food Cookery team. We'll talk through their recipes, what the testing and development recipe process was really like and what they learnt along each step of the way. love an espresso martini? Do you want to be able to make the best balanced cocktails or mocktails from home? Today I am joined by Miriam Nice from our team who is a bit of a drinks nerd and as well as hosting some of our podcasts like the recent Rookie and Nice series, she also writes the drinks cabinet feature in the Good Food magazine. So she knows a lot about developing recipes like her infamous espresso martini recipes with non-alcoholic versions too. Welcome to the podcast, Miriam. How are you? Hello. I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Good. It's so lovely to virtually see you. Oh. <laughs> How exciting. Um, so I know that you've written countless espresso martini recipes during your time at Good Food. Gosh, we've even written espresso martini pancakes. But yep. I wanted to talk to you about the development process of your classic espresso martini. Tell okay. us, was it? A very challenging recipe? I think, so there's a few that we've done on on BBC Good Food and one of them is a kind of a classic one. So it's quite traditional. So that one was just about kind of making sure that it was in kind of our sort of style mm-hmm. um, and just really understanding. It, it, it was created by um, Dick Bradsell in the 1980s, uh, actually for a supermodel, the original recipe. Really amazing. Um, so yeah, it's uh, that one's quite classic standard kind of version. So it does need um, vodka and uh, coffee liqueur and coffee in it. So that one's not so much of a complex process it was just about getting it as easy as possible and as just writing it as clearly mm-hmm. as possible for, yeah. for the audience and then um but then the next level one took a lot longer because I wanted <gasps> to kind of I would slightly reinvent it but kind of rework it a little mm-hmm. bit and modernize it how so, did you take it um, to the next level yeah well I actually ended up using um PX so Pedro Jimenez sherry in there because <gasps> which is like not traditional at all but the amount I made so many trying yeah, to get how many, the balance how many right. times did you have to test it? I mean, I think I made about 20 different variations <laughs> at the time because it was like, it was for a Christmas issue. <laughs> and I was like, I really want to make a really lovely espresso martini that's going to work for lots and lots of people, um, but be just enough like difference. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I was looking at like what people like about it and like, what people find difficult. So I think, you know, getting it to look right, getting the balance of sweetness right. And also when you don't really specify like which things to use, um, because you want as many people to make it as possible, I think I changed the flavour profile a little bit so that it would taste quite, you know, consistently really nice. And also coffee is probably better from now than the 80s. (laughs) I can imagine it is. Yeah, not as bitter at all. So um, yeah, what, kind of rebalancing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, I was wondering what components you changed because you tested it twenty times. Um, was there anything in particular that you were changing it for? What did you have to change? Yeah, so the the standard recipe is um, like fifty mils of vodka, twenty five mils of espresso coffee, 
um, about 25, well, 25 mils of coffee liqueur. And I put in about half a tablespoon of sugar syrup and you shake that up with ice. Like that's the standard one. So the one that I changed it for, is actually made a, um, a kind of coffee liqueur from scratch, which was just an infused vodka. So I just put some coffee beans in vodka overnight, which I, I felt like okay. Christmas time, like, or any time, if you really want to make one, it's one of those drinks that I think I'd be surprised if I met anyone who just drank espresso martinis as like their drink all evening because they wouldn't <laughs> sleep for like three weeks. <laughs> so You'd just, just like, be shaking by the end yeah, of the night. Yeah. So I was like, okay, it's just that you have one. So if you're making one, you might want to make it like as, you know, as mm-hmm. nicely as possible. So I thought maybe saying if you you need to steep this overnight wouldn't be too much of a, a faff yeah. um so you steep a small amount of vodka in some coffee beans and um use that in place of the coffee liqueur um and then you use yeah freshly brewed coffee it's all the same but then a little bit of um Pedro Jimenez I, I just adjusted it a little bit because I wanted the flavors to marry better together like mm-hmm. be even more kind of balanced and even more integrated and I just felt that putting a bit of the sherry in would would make that difference a bit more balance yeah. I, nice. I hate people liked it <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure everyone loves it and it's such a lovely thing to even think of being that prepared the day before to soak the coffee beans as well is a really really nice idea yeah yeah I hope so yeah. you're a genius <laughs> <laughs> just a wizard in general um <laughs> so Steering away slightly from the espresso martini, just just for the next few minutes, I have devised some questions in an attempt for listeners to get to know your true colours. Um, nothing too evasive, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. don't worry. <laughs> just a few random questions. When there is nothing left in the cupboards, what is the most random concoction you have eaten? The most random? Um... Yeah, you know, when you've got nothing left and you're just pulling stuff out the fridge. I think it's probably quite, I mean, random or slightly embarrassing. I think when I was a teenager, I got really, when I first learned how to make a white sauce, I must be about 13 or something. And I just started like experimenting and just putting random things in it. Like, and then tossing it through pasta and stuff. Like, and it was, I mean, some of it was absolutely disgusting. What did you add? Um, Cocoa powder? Peanut butter? No, not that. I mean, I was going to say not ra- that random, and then what I'm about to say is really random. So I would put like a bit of pesto in it and be like, oh, it's perfectly okay. It's just sort of like an extended thing. But then the worst one was when I just cooked some fish fingers and chopped them up and stirred them through. It was absolutely <gasps> disgusting. Phil, but <laughs> it was also horrible. kind of satisfying. <laughs> but I think I just wanted to like try everything out. And I was like, you know, white sauce is working. What, what have I got? I'm going to put that through it. It was horrible. But, you know, I think when you're a kid and you kind of want to look about. But then I... I a older kid or stuff. when you come back very drunk and you're like, what do I have? <laughs> oh, white sauce and fish fingers. Sold. That's never happened, surely. <laughs> um, but then the other thing I put in, um, I made once, I made pancakes just using what I had because I really didn't want to go out. Like, I just didn't fancy it. And so I, I made pancakes with really strange I didn't have any eggs so I used like a little dollop of mayonnaise and I didn't have any milk so I just kind of watered down some yogurt do you know what they were all right <laughs> like really? you drown it in maple syrup they're okay like you know but sometimes you just can't you can't or especially like last you know last year a lot we were in lockdown we couldn't get things absolutely um, you know you just have Had to make to do it. yeah yeah it's like Truly. embarrassing 
Well, I'm sorry to have just embarrassed you. Um, <laughs> so what I also wanted to know, this is a segment I like to call Overheard in the BBC Good Food HQ. So when we were working in the test kitchen, people used to say the most hilarious things, um, which taken out of context, sound very funny. Is there a funny phrase that you remember? I can start if you want some time to think about this. Yeah, go for it. I, can't, I don't know. Um, so I remember our reviews writer, she ran into the test kitchen shouting, one of the animals arrived smashed. It's a disaster. Um, and we all were just so confused. Um, and she was, in fact, talking about a children's Easter egg. But no one knew this. And we were like, what animals are smashed? What's happened? <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> that is spectacular. I don't, I don't know. Um, the thing is there was there was definitely ones about various bits of shellfish needing to be dispatched but I don't think I could put that on <laughs> so now we all know you a lot better can we please dive into some espresso martini facts go for it yeah. thank you please can you explain what an espresso shrub martini is because I've heard a lot about them what is a shrub okay so a shrub is a really um, traditional way of preserving things like fruit um, and often you would uh, either preserve the fruit in sugar and then you could add vinegar to kind of balance out the sweetness it's like an old school kind of cordial basically um, or you would preserve the fruit in vinegar and then add sugar to make it palatable um, and then and then perhaps some water um, and it's really it's it's really nice and actually if you aren't drinking making sort of shrub-based drinks and shrub-based kind of cocktails is a really nice way to get something that doesn't feel like a soft drink because I think that's a problem if you're not drinking just to you drink at a different pace when you're drinking mm -hmm. alcohol because there's that kind of alcohol burn there's that kind of um sort of the you know, there's body to it, there's, um, you know, a bit of sharpness or something. And whereas if you're drinking a soft drink, you can just drink it. So everyone else is still on their first cocktail or something. And if you're having a mocktail, you finished it and you're like, why have I, mm -hmm. you know, why do I need to go to the bar again? So I think sometimes um, having something that has a sharpness and a bit of body to it is going to help that. Um so Amazing. yeah, with the espresso version, I just made an infusion, which was basically a very, very sweet espresso um, and then added a bit of balsamic vinegar. Um, <gasps> and that gives you a little bit of body because it's, mm -hmm. it's a, you know, can be a bit thicker. Yeah, um, a bit of acidity. A bit of acidity, a bit of sweetness and a bit of that sharpness, a bit of that kind of back of the throat kind of prickle perhaps. Um, and that's quite good in, yeah, um, as the base of your um espresso martini and what you can do and I did that on um, uh, a previous issue and you can find it on bbcgoodfood.com is the espresso shrub martini which is actually a lower alcohol version of the espresso martini because it uses a little bit of vodka and the espresso shrub not to alcoholic ingredients so it doesn't have Amazing. the coffee liqueur and the vodka yeah but, but it still has if, that kick but if you want you can just replace there's so much flavor in it that actually you can just straight replace the vodka in that recipe. And I did that in the video um, with water and <gasps> that would still be, and then it'd be completely alcohol-free. So, That's yeah. That's amazing. Wow. You are Shrub. a wizard. It's not Insane. just a plant in the garden. <laughs> no, I was going to say, are we just going to talk about like some lobelia that Rosemary yeah. has or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
no, no, no. Um, amazing. So you don't need any fancy equipment for anything no. like that? No. no, not at all. Yeah. Amazing. No, Is that the same with a um, standard espresso martini as well? What would you, what equipment would you recommend someone uses? You need a cocktail shaker, ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, that will really help. And you need lots of ice um, because, you know, if you're really going to take cocktail making at home or mocktail making really seriously, then ice is such a key ingredient. So um, I would get a decent sort of, I think I quite like the sort of silicon um, ice cube trays. Um, they give good, quite good square cubes um, that are a decent size, a lot of them. And then just decant them into a bag, like a food bag, and keep them in the freezer. So you've always got lots, not just one tray. I think it's been quite hot weather recently and we're sort of running down our mm-hmm. stocks a bit. So, um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, lots of ice and a cocktail shaker um, will will be good. All that, having said that, um, mm-hmm. I have made, especially if I'm making, you know, four, four or more, um, I made uh, espresso martinis in a blender and just blitzed it very quick pulses because then you'd have the foamy crema on top yes yes so that and it it kind of um splits up the ice um a bit but you need need a good sturdy blender that's not gonna buckle under the the ice so um, yeah yeah amazing that's so clever genius so invest in a cocktail shaker and some silicon ice yeah cube trays amazing is there anything else you would recommend people invest in i know that non-alcoholic spirits are very expensive um so it's amazing that you can also use the shrubs and other things is there anything else that you would say to invest in if you did want to get into cocktail making yeah I mean we say like invest I don't think cocktail shakers can be quite inexpensive now which is really Mm -hmm. great and actually I would I think getting a kind of stainless steel one that is hasn't got too much um uh, decoration on it is probably quite good because it will last you really well um, and there's a few different types. So there's like a cobbler, I can get really boring about it, but there's like a cobbler <laughs> shaker, which is like in three pieces. There's a Boston shaker, which is like the the two tins. Um, and there's a Parisian, which is a bit of a kind of hybrid between the two. So just find the oh, one that yeah. you feel comfortable using. Do they all do different things? No, they all do the same thing. They all do the same thing. But for example, like the cobbler one has got like an inbuilt little strainer. So if you <sighs> don't get that one you will need what's called a hawthorn strainer, which is something basically you put over the top, which has got like a spring in it. And it's it sort of holds the ice back in the cocktail shaker. And then you might need a, a little tea strainer as well to kind of hold back any sort of fine pieces that you've made in your drinks. But again, these are, these are all fairly um, inexpensive mm-hmm. things. And it's also really important to get a measure or like a jigger, which is the little um, metal, they look like a funny little double-ended egg cup. Yeah. Um, so they've got 50 mil at the top and 25 at the bottom. They're the most useful ones. But again, uh, if, so if it's completely... pouring it by eye and counting doesn't do the same job. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it can, you can pour it by but it, you just won't get the same thing. And I think... One of the things that I really like about making cocktails at home is just get, getting used to the way you have it and the way you like it and perfecting it. And I Absolutely. Think that's... And that's what also developing a recipe helps with Same, because yeah. you do yeah. have to pour in the right measure of something to get the recipe right. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. So you know that's exactly get. what what the other person, when they make it, that's what they're going to they're gonna achieve. So yeah, get, get one of those. So you also have mentioned a lot about ice and how important it is. I did used to live in a flat that didn't have a freezer. For people out there that don't have a freezer, what would you suggest? 
Um, I think it does limit a little bit the cocktails that you can make, but it can be a good excuse to buy like a big bag if you're serving, mm-hmm. um, you know, a few people and just use it that evening. So put half of it in a bucket and put some of your beers and wine in there and then use the other half and just make some cocktails when they arrive and just have it all on one nice day. Um, but you can you can do things like there's um, some, I would say things like sort of stirred down drinks would be kind of okay. So you could put them um, with a little bit of water you need to experiment a little bit with this, but so things like an agroni or a martini, where it's just two or three ingredients, um, stir them and add a little bit of water to kind of open them up. And it's, when that's kind of balanced in the way you like it, then put that in the fridge and leave it till it's super I cold, like overnight. That. I mean, if you've got a freezer, you can kind of put it in the freezer, but in the fridge, I think would be would be okay. And then chill your glasses as well, um, and then that would be fine because it's what's happening with the ice is it's not just it's not just making it cold, like you're diluting mm. it as well. And water just opens things up, you know, and, and really changes the, the flavor of stuff. So it's, um, it's yeah, such an important ingredient. So yeah, you can That's just so add a bit of water and make it very cold. <laughs> Amazing. So interesting. Oh, I wish I knew that back then. So, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I've had some readers send in their espresso martini questions to you. Let's begin. Shall we do a quick fire? Yeah, yeah go for it. Yeah, you ready? <laughs> So, I'll ever be. <laughs> so Joanne wants to know how do you get the breast crema foam on top? That is by shaking it as much as possible. Um, I think put all your ingredients in, put your coffee in um, as the last liquid ingredient, and the espresso can be hot. That's actually quite good. So you know, um, all your alcohol put your um, espresso in, then add your ice and then shake it. Really, really, really shake it. How long would you shake it for? Normally with cocktails, I shake it until the outside of the shaker feels icy cold and you can kind of draw your your name in it. (laughs) Um, But maybe do it a little bit more and open it and see. If it's nice and foamy and frothy in there, then you're okay. If it's not, do it some more. And even if you've poured out and you're like, do you know what? I think this could be better. Mm. You can pop it back in and, you know, strain the ice out and, and just give it another shake. It's just, it's really about shaking it. And in fact, if you struggle to do that um, and you've been making a few or something and your arms are a bit achy, you know, shake it in the um, cocktail shaker um, to chill it down and then strain it as if you're going to strain it into the glass, but strain it into a blender and then just give it a couple of pulses with the blender Clever. and just whip it up a little bit. Um, that will make sure... Um, but it's just, it's just practice and lots and lots of shaking. Amazing. All of the secret tips. So Kate and Anne also want to know what is the best recipe for someone who is pregnant, so without alcohol or caffeine? Oh, I see. Yes. Um, if you can have, can you have decaf, I think, potentially? Potentially. Um, if you if you can have decaf coffee, you can make it with decaf. That would be absolutely fine. And then you could make the um, shrub version and then use water instead of vodka that would be okay um yeah I think it, it really depends what you can have I mean if you want to make an espresso martini without caffeine I think you need to need to go down the decaf route hey there's some really good decaf ones out there I think okay next question Oslem and Claire want to know whether you can make espresso martinis in batches or jugs so if you're having a really large gathering could you make them all in advance, in batches? 
In advance, I'd say not really. Uh, you could um, you could mix up the because uh, I think you want that coffee to be fresh. That's really going to make a lot of difference. Okay. But there's no reason why you couldn't make the equivalent amount um, quite strong in like a mocha pot or in a cafetiere. That would still be very nice. Um, and I think. What you could do is you could batch up the other ingredients. So you could measure out the amount of vodka that you need mm. and the amount of sugar syrup and the amount of coffee liqueur and put those together in like a bottle or a jug in the fridge. Then you could brew up your coffee and then you could um, put that all in, like I said, in a really good blender that's going to cope with the ice. Um, you can uh, whip that up, just a couple of pulses um, with uh with the ice in just to just to chill it and whip mm -hmm. it then you'd strain the ice out put it back in whip it up again so it's really foamy and then i would potentially pour it from the jug uh, from the blender because i think if you then pour it into another jug yes it would look nicer but um you don't want to lose all that effort yeah. that you've just put in all that that hard work and that and that's genius that so i think i would i would probably just pour it from there yeah it is all about preparation when you have people around i remember i used to work behind a bar doing weddings and there used to be so many cocktails that you used to have to make up mixes so like you said like the espresso martini mix that then you would blitz up when someone wanted one just to get organized always helps yeah yeah it really helps and there's so many cocktails you can do it with I think it's just thinking what is the thing here but I have to add last minute you know perhaps that's the Prosecco perhaps that's the sparkling water mm -hmm. perhaps that's um uh the citrus it's things that you know if it's all the alcohol elements if it's got a couple of alcohol elements so if you're making a Cosmo for example like Cosmopolitan you can mix the vodka and the triple sec together and you could juice your limes but maybe keep them separate before adding the cranberry juice and everything at the end yeah that's so great for hosting Amazing. <laughs> and finally, Susie, Izzy and Ed want to know how to avoid making them too sweet, because I know everyone tends to have this issue that cocktails tend to be really sweet. How have you avoided this with an espresso martini? It, it varies so much on personal preference. Um, mm -hmm. You can try a few things. I mean, the main thing is to make it a few times until you get the one you really like. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing you can try is change up the sugar. So you could use in the sugar syrup, if you're making the sugar syrup yourself, which is super easy, you can either make it um, like a sort of simple syrup, which is equal parts sugar and water, and then just heat it until the sugar dissolves. Or you can do... Um, two parts um, sugar to one part water. Um, so if you're making that yourself, change up the ratio, but also change up the type of sugar. So the darker the sugar, the kind of the more kind of bitterness you'll get and the slightly less immediate sweetness you'll get from it. So you could, you know, make a change that way. Um, just, yeah, other than like generally adding less and you can just try yeah. um, switching up the type of sugar that you use. Oh, that's yeah. fascinating. I wanted to finish off by asking you generally about developing recipes because it is so interesting. What is your process for developing a recipe? Because I know it's very different for each member of the team because some people start with the method or some people start with the specific ingredients they know you'll be using. What What would you start with? I think it really depends. So if there's a classic cocktail that we we want to have a recipe for, um, then I will, you know, do a lot of research um, and see how I can make that as uh, simple as possible, kind of put myself in that position of like being at home and not wanting to spend, you know, 
several weeks making various infusions. So I think it's like, how do I make this as practical as possible? Um, and also following kind of style guides. Um, so I'll make sure that we use, I, I try and keep a lot of the measures in um, sort of 50 mil, 25 mil increments, because it just, it's just the language that makes things a lot easier. Um, and then, uh, but then the other way around is, you're kind of I get inspired by other things so I'll be inspired by different recipes or different mm -hmm. flavor combinations and then be like how can I engineer that into a drink if I'm writing drinks um so if I was I did quite a few cocktails that were kind of based on various desserts so oh, like, how can I get that flavor back into the drink without uh, you know you can't just blitz up a pie into a cocktail <laughs> I'm sure people have tried but sometimes you just find a combination that just speaks mm -hmm. to you like there's um I use some frangelico and some uh some uh armagnac or some you know th there's certain things that just you know when they're combined together give you a nice um flavor profile and you yeah. try a cocktail and go oh so when I have that with that it gives me it this works. kind of flavor mm -hmm. so actually I could use that in this so yeah, Amazing. Uh, have any gone horrifically wrong? <laughs> I did have a problem doing a blue lagoon because I was desperate to use um, natural fruit juices in it because I thought getting the right balance mm. um, was was nice. And I do find that using a combination of like fresh instead of if you're making a cocktail, you're not actually using huge amounts. So buying a whole okay. bottle of a fruit juice can be all right but actually if you can get a better flavor from say half um, an actual orange and half a lemon for example that that's really nice and I made Blue Lagoon and I think I was trying to get these fruit juices to balance and for some reason they reacted with the blue <laughs> curacao that I was using and went green like <gasps> proper emerald washing up liquid oh my green. gosh and I was just so sad about it we no. got the right in the end but there was something oh, so about like a Thames water <laughs> blue lagoon no 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 like proper green like em like the emerald city <gasps> really in the Wizard of Oz green like <laughs> like glowing green um wow yeah That's mad. <laughs> it tasted lovely it just wasn't a blue lagoon <laughs> it was a green lagoon green lagoon <laughs> <laughs> amazing so that is clearly why it's so important to test and develop recipes because you know we don't want people at home ending up with green lagoons <laughs> no no <laughs> <laughs> so what are you most excited about perfecting next now you've smashed the espresso martini blue lagoon what else have we got <laughs> whatever's next oh I don't know um I'm always really interested in I'm really interested in non-alcoholic cocktails, um, so or like mocktails or low mm -hmm. ones, trying to get that flavour profile yeah. right, and also um, really easy entertaining. Um, so things that just fit in with what you're doing, especially as we run up towards Christmas. I know it's like summer, and we're thinking about Christmas, but we're late summer. Um, but yeah, I think making things that are going to taste great are really consistent and will sit nicely with food that you're making so yeah 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 because there is food and wine pairings but no one ever thinks about how a cocktail can also be paired with your food genius amazing well Miriam thank you for joining me oh pleasure so nice to chat to you but I can't wait to drink espresso martini and all of the mocktails and the shrubs and even a blue lagoon now that I know that they will work perfectly thanks to all of your attempts and development. You can find the full recipe for it on bbcgoodfood.com and Miriam on Instagram at Miriam J S Nice. 
and I'm Liberty on at Baking the Liberty. Join me next time where I'll be joined by another member of the Good Food Cookery team talking through the fascinating development process of one of their recipes. Thank you so much for listening to Test Kitchen Troubleshooting, a new podcast from BBC Good Food. For recipes and more information, please visit bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from so you never miss an episode.